Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I beat the track down, screaming like the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated. It is not our blow, 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 blow. I kept talking to you and then I was like, oh, he's he's not here. So I just listened to the old intro instead because I was bored. <laughs> the, the low blow, blow, blow. When yeah, the, I, I've, I've been on there for like, man, I swear every time I try and connect, I have to try it two or three times because it just doesn't connect the first time. I, I've learned that when I hit one, if I don't get a beep, I just hang up and recount, redo it. It's so dumb. Uh, Take that. blog talks like Thomas. Tom, what is his name? Thomas. Tomacek. What the heck is that guy's name? Here, I'll, I'll play it right well, now. Good effort, Tim Tomacek. Tim, a lot of times we've had you on Tomacek. once or twice. You've been anxious to get on again. You didn't think it would be in this circumstance. Oh no, Jeepers Creepers, not not at all. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> I, 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 I work at Shop Cole. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> oh man, we got a, we got a little show tonight. Might not be the the full length. Could be a half edition, but it's okay. We had some fun on Showtime, building to potentially the first big mega fight in women's boxing, and I don't know how long uh, we could be seeing here with Clarissa Shields and Christina Hammer. Uh, both took care of their opposition. Without too much of a problem, I do want to discuss that though as we when we get into it because it was it was pretty interesting. I get I get some interesting takes. I want to run by you and get your thoughts on this. Uh, obviously, the same show we saw a very unusual fight between Umar Salamov and Brian Howard, who I, you could call the epitome of a, of a journeyman's journeyman. <laughs> oh my god, that fight was that fight was a dud until that. That hilarious uh, knockdown, knock pretty much the the knockout to finish the fight. I think uh, I think Howard, I think Howard had, like went through a window, was like update or something after he got hit with that huge right hand, like he had to like reset himself or update his system or something because that shit was hilarious. It, didn't it look like like? Professor X leaving leaving Cerebro, and he's like, ah, ah, or he had like he he had too much ice cream and he got a brain freeze. <laughs> there was there was definitely a glitch there. Stumbles to grab the rope, like like somebody who's like in a movie like about to faint and they're like trying to grab the wall and they're like, oh Jack Jack, what's wrong? And he's like, ah Gene ah, and he he just goes down. <laughs> His soul left his body for a second, and then it came he, back down to earth. He got hit it, so hard, he got a brain freeze. Yeah, I had and, never and, then when, 
and then after he got after he got hit when he was on the when he was like on the ground, he like made that funny face when he was like ah. And he stood up and he's like blinking repeatedly and shaking his head and going into the corner like ah ah like he was having like PTSD from it. I was, you know. Obviously, this will be the you know we'll get right to this after the break, but yeah, it, it was a pretty good fight. Solomon looked like he started getting comfortable, and once that happened, uh, Brian Howard looked like he did not want to be in that same ring, and the outcome proved it even more. Oh man! <laughs> uh, also, we'll kind of we didn't really watch him because there wasn't much of a needed to watch him to be really honest with you, but we'll talk. Uh, Miguel Birchelt, Martin Murray, and Virgil Ortiz Jr. A couple third-round knockouts. One was a decision victory. Also, uh, Jason Taylor uh, gets the unanimous victory over Victor Postal. Yet, sounds like he's not going to enter the World Boxing Super Series because he does it. He might be matched up Regis Prograis round one, and it doesn't sound like something he's interested in. So we'll talk that as well. Obviously, next weekend, Gilberto Ramirez is on ESPN. Once again, this it feels like this guy fights once a month, kind of like what Tyson Fury's trying to do, but he's actually effective. Michael Conlon's on ESPN Plus fighting again on Saturday. Um, and there's a Mike Alvarado sighting. Are you excited for that or not? Oh, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm about as high as mile high can get. We'll talk that. We'll talk some other news and rumors, but we'll, we'll uh, we're gonna let Alex knock out that FML solutions because it's almost deer time, guys. It's almost the fall. You need to get your deer stand. Alex is gonna tell you about it when we come back. We're breaking down Friday Showbox. Clarissa Shields, Christina Hammer leading the charge. Don't go away. Standing eight count. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, Baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, and more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. 
mail letters, ship packages, all the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pints Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, List, you can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe word's Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> Who want to bet us that we don't touch letters, stack cheddars forever, live treacherous, all the etceteras, to the death of us, me and my confidence, you shine, you feel the ambiance, trying to get us around. You know, I, I realize that uh, that back in the, the, the Deadbeat Records days, Antoine used that beat, and I, I never, I always thought it was a Nas beat. It sounds like a Nas beat. <laughs> that's what that's what I always thought it was. And then like when you played that today, I was like, ah, that's where he got. Oh, that it's Jay Z. That's Jay Z's first kind of commercial, I guess, success song, I, successful song. I think I think the reason I always thought it was Nas was from the beginning with the the presidents around me part it sounds just like yeah. Nas. Well, it just kind of sounds like a Nas beat. Anyways, speaking of Nas, maybe you'll hear Nas later. I don't know. Who knows? Ironically. Maybe. <laughs> you maybe. know what? That's because I, I came into it like this. Be bold there. We kind of hinted towards it. Uh, Showbox, three fights from Detroit. Um, it was a very interesting venue and crowd, to say the least. Everything you'd imagine from a Detroit crowd. So it had a good feel to it. Yeah. Um, I think I think the ring girls all had C-section scars. It was uh, it felt like a grimy show to a very dirty fight. <laughs> I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't pay attention. I didn't really look at the ring girls. I guess I didn't notice there, that. There was one that was it looked like she was almost in her fifties. Oh jeez. I was like, whoa! Is this like a biker bar? I was like, this is tight. Like, this feels like a movie. <laughs> so I was wow. 100% in at that point. I was like, yep, there's going to be some grimy-ass fighting tonight. And, you know, some people had rave reviews for the main event. I thought it was I thought it was decent. I thought it was a fun fight. But at no point was I really worried aside from, it, you know, I had the same Lenar as Lomachenko feel, but more domination for for the home uh, the hometown girl, but uh, 
obviously the the opener, as I sent the picture of Professor X to our group chat, uh, Brian Howard gets dropped in the ninth round by Umar Salamov. I had given Howard the second round and the seventh round. The rest I had Salomov cleaning out easily on those things. I had him up 78-72 when the knockout happened. Salomov about the fourth round, Elijah, it looked like he started getting comfortable and was starting to actually put punches together. And the only reason I even gave Howard the seventh round is he landed that really hard punch that made Salomov look a little wonky. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the second round he did. But... I'll tell you what, when Salomon started putting his punches together, I was kind of getting a little entertained by him. You know, he's 24, he's a young fighter, but that was kind of, you know, when you see a lot of these young guys, I feel like when you see them getting getting better as the fight goes and not worse like a lot of guys, that's a good thing. And it'll make me remember him because of that, but it will also remind, make me remember him because he hit Brian Howard with an overhand right cross so hard that he went into a, a brain hemorrhage, as we kind of pointed out um, in the opening, where he didn't know what country he was in, didn't fall over unconscious, just grabbed the rope and like cordially knelt down like he was having a nervous breakdown. And then he ate a left hook for his trouble, like fight night champions. But uh, what was your thoughts on this opening contest we got? Uh, it was pretty pretty boring, at, like for most of the fight. Um. How do you pronounce his name again? I cannot. Umar Salamov. Salamov. Uh, once he got comfortable, the fight got a little bit better, but it was essentially to me a, a fight that they were putting out there to showcase Salamov. I and that's essentially what it, all it was to me was him being there in, in there with an overmatched guy, and once he finally got comfortable, he obliterated him in a, a fairly. <laughs> Blackluster, boring fight, but you know, right. with Solomon, I I always try to keep comparisons completely different than every other analyst when you talk every sport. You know, everybody who says then uh, who's Gordon Hayward's comparison? I don't know, and they pick some white guy or something like that. Like I always said, yeah. Bradley Kachuk, who came out of the draft uh, Friday night, I believe he went fourth to the Senators. He reminds me of Wayne Simmons. A gritty player with with some speed and a nice shot who, if he can develop his game, will be good. Because it's an out-of-the-box yeah. comparison. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. oh, I'm going to compare P.K. Subban to Devontae Smith-Pelly. You know, things like that. Yeah. But I hate to do it, but I got to do this. Umar Salomov reminded me of Bakhtiar Yubov a lot in this fight. And I don't know if it was because they, the beard with the with that wonky style but when he got comfortable, he he really, and I said this earlier, he started putting together his punches pretty well. And yeah. we saw that once he figured it out, you know, 38-year-old Brian Howard, who had a three-year layoff in his 30s, was, was no match. And that second round was a fluke where he almost knocked down Salomov. Do you think this is a good enough performance that we may see Salomov again or – is it going to be something we'll just forget about tomorrow? Nah, I definitely think you'll see Salomov more often. I mean, he only has one loss. He's only 24, and he had a specta- spectacular knockout on a Showtime card. So, <laughs> is is that knockout a potential? 
Now, obviously, we're you know we're about to get into July, so any of these you know any week here, we got our half year awards we got to do because we're we're going into month seven. But does this knockout rank anywhere on your knockout of the year because of just what we saw, the whole unusual that was? Yeah, it's it's gonna it'll probably it's gonna be on the list possibly <laughs> as of this point. I mean, it's just like I said, it looked like it looked like dude went through like a, a Windows like one of the, all of a sudden like Windows update to your computer unexpectedly where it just happens and you're just like oh thanks <laughs> like if you want like a glitch in the matrix that was like a glitch in the matrix for for him it was like when, it was like when RoboCop was being reprogrammed he like. <laughs> And I shouldn't be laughing at this, but everything you're saying is like, like this is this this is a meme. Like this dude getting hit a meme. Like, I I just I've never seen something like that before. Ah, ah. It's, it was it was so like just disco. That's the epitome of discombobulated. Yeah. Dude didn't know what was going, and then Solomov like is just standing there and he hasn't fallen over, so he's like, "All right," and the ref's not stepping in. Whap! And he hits him while him. he's on the ground. <laughs> and and after he did it, he kind of held his arms up, like, "Are you gonna do anything?" Because this guy yeah. is just, ah, you know, he's falling over in agony. Oh my gosh, I've never seen something like that. I will always remember Brian Howard now, not as a. 38-year-old journeyman's journeyman, but is the guy who had one of the most painful-looking knockouts I've ever seen. It's it it like is like one of those repulsively gross-looking things, like when you see somebody take like a liver punch and their body shuts off. Like this yeah. dude took right hook and his brain shut off. It's like it's like in the cartoon when Tom and Tom and Jerry cartoon when Tom like dies and he leaves his body for a second. And he, and he looks up, and he or and he thinks he's gonna go to hell or something, and then he looks back down, and he's like, "I better come back. I better go back to life." And then he like goes back into his body, and then he like figures out where he's at. That's. <laughs> I I can't stop thinking. About, I'm gonna have to watch this. I I saved it on the. I left it on the DVR just to watch this knockdown again. Because I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm going. We're gonna, we're gonna clown this thing, and then I'm gonna have to go watch it again and think of everything we just said when <laughs> watching it. Um, next fight, we continue with the, uh, with the. I don't know what tour this would be. But we see 41 year old Tori Nelson uh, taking on Christina Hammer. I'll tell you what. I know Clarissa Shields was talking about how how well she handled Tori Nelson. Um, in their in their fight uh, before Nelson fought Hammer, but I gave Christina Hammer every single round. Oh I yeah, thought it was it was dominating. That woman, the way that she uses that jab to keep her reach, and I mean it was wow. I, I'm not gonna lie, you know, it was her first time. It was her U.S. debut. They put her in there with somebody that people have already seen Shields fight to to give a good comparison for U.S. fans. And she's scary. 
I think she is. She reminds me with the way that she uses her length and just the way that she punches and pushes you away when she's, you know, not, not only is she hitting you, but she's moving you backwards. It reminds me of Klitschko where they're just physical and you're constantly having to move backwards because they're constantly moving forward and physically manhandling you. Uh, kudos once again, Tori Nelson. She lasted 10 rounds with both of these women. That's a tough, that's a tough woman, but who boy was she hit her so hard or her, um, her like braids came undone near the end of the fight. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't like, super impressed with Hammer on it to be honest. I thought she was. I thought she was like she looked good, and um, I thought she handled her business and stuff, and she had some good things about her. But I wasn't super overly impressed by her. I mean, I would have to say that I think Clarissa Shields beat overwhelms her and beats her, and I feel like that even um, Gabriel's would I, – I wouldn't I wouldn't know who I would pick in a fight between Gabriel's and Hammer either. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I just I – don't, I, don't I don't think she has the power to – keep shields off of her. I think shields hand speed and power is going to give hammer lots of problems, but you know what this reminds me of between shields and hammer in a weird way is I feel like hammer is Anthony Joshua and Clarissa shields is Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I that that's a good that's a good comparison. I don't know if Clarissa Shield is quite as wild, it's quite as wild as, as Wilder. But because like that, that eighth, ninth, tenth rounds that Shields was was in, she was just swinging for the fences by the end of it. Yeah. Now, I, obviously, we're kind of tying these two fights together. Aside from that ten eight round one, I gave the next nines in the Shields also. Oh, me too. And it was weird too because I feel like Gabriel's like ran out of gas. And I feel like if she hadn't ran out of gas, it might have been a more competitive way more competitive fight. And that's where like I'm I'm kind of on the fence where I've seen some people who thought this was one of the best fights of the year. I've seen some people who thought it was extremely boring. So I'm I'm kind of in the middle of it where I don't think it was an incredible fight, but I was definitely entertained by the main event at least. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed the main event too. Sorry. To no, no, off. you're good. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's one of those things where that's kind of what I see this fight. And I feel like this is going to be like Apollo Creed and Rocky where I think hammer is going to beat her because I think she's going to get, I, I think she's going to get frustrated and that emotions we saw at the end of the fight in that post fight is going to not work for her like she thinks it works and it's going to go against her. And I think she's going to come back better and win the rematch is, is kind of what I think is going to happen. Cause I, I think the rounds that shields was a hundred percent focused. She looked better than any woman on, on the planet. 
Yeah. But I felt like any of those rounds where she was kind of having any kind of an issue or looked a little frustrated, she got a little wild. And I know Hammer didn't have the power to knock down Tori Nelson. And to be fair, Shields didn't either. But yeah. I feel like Hammer's experience and her patience is going to win that fight. But I think it's going to be one of those motivating factors that brings Shields back. And, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I think Hammer's going to win the first fight by a decision, but I think Shields is going to stop her in a rematch because she's going to, it's going to fuel her to get that much better. And I think it's a learning, learning experience. And I could be wrong. Shields may, may run Hammer down, you know, and stop her for all we know. But both of these women couldn't stop their fights that they just had. You know, it was what it was. They both went the distance. I could see him going the distance. But something just, I don't know. And, you know, I don't know if it was that post-fight Adrian Bronner-like lash out with Shields that really kind of made me go, uh, I didn't like that. Or if it's just the, I feel like, I feel like they're putting too much pressure on her and they're trying to build her into that Ronda Rousey, like, you know, martyr for women's boxing and Christina Hammer is going to be the Holly Holm that is quiet and nobody talks about and kind of derails her. And I hope that doesn't happen because I really like Clarissa Shields. Yeah. I, my, my thoughts are like, Oh, I got I, you. I got you. Where'd it go? I, I oh. think... Oh. Where my thought is... <laughs> I think... I think I think uh, Gabriel is probably the best fighter that either... Like, obviously the best fighter that Shields has been with, but yep. I think Gabriel is probably better than anybody that Hammer has fought up to this date, too. And I feel like Shield or uh, Gabriel's is, like, pretty slick, you know, in yeah. there. And she wasn't the easiest to hit. And what what's her face that both of them fought is just there to stand in front of them and get hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tori so, Nelson. Yeah, yeah Tori Nelson. See, and I don't know. I just I think Hammer's good, but I just I think Shield is just is just better. And. Hey, he, you know what, like, like I, I said, said, I think I think Gabriel, I think Gabriel's would give Hammer a hell of a fight too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just it's one of those things where like I feel like I feel like Christina Hammer's in a situation where she doesn't have the weight of the world on her back like Shields is gonna have, and I think that could be the hindrance, like not not a full hindrance, but. I don't know. I, that's that's the only thing that that scares me. Um, yeah. You, you know, you want to go into um, go into some of this stuff. Uh, who, who did she? Uh, what was that? What was that girl's name? Uh, Cecilia Bracus. Um, you know that on that that HBO show or that HBO yeah. fight um, when she fought Callie Reese, who was like yeah. the big draw. Let's not yeah. forget, I mean, Kelly Reese was is, is a big name. She's fighting on an undercard here coming up, too. Um, Christina Hammer has two victories over her. True. 
But I I I think Gabriel is a better fighter than Callie Reese, though. That's just my opinion. I I definitely am not disagreeing with that. I'm just looking at we don't you know a lot of these women we don't know yet because they haven't been exposed to it a lot. So being somebody that HBO showcased and we do know, I got to give her credit that she did beat her twice. Oh, I'm not taking any credit from her or anything. I'm just just saying. I think that. No, no. Gabriel, I, I think Gabriel Gabriel's is better than I think Gabriel's is better than anyone she's fought. I mean, mm-hmm. no, she's yeah, and, and I mean we saw with that with that uppercut she landed in round one, and that that was what reminded me of the Linares that quick right hand that that Lomachenko got hit with and kind of fell over and looked pissed. Yeah, the same knockdown she fell on her butt and looked pissed. Like, uh, she just watched her mouth guard like go off to the side, and she's like, "Uh, uh, okay." No, let me ask you this. Uh, also, shout out, shout out, Christina Hammer from Kazakhstan. So she gets bonus points for being from Triple G land. Isn't she from Germany? She she is, and then she resided in the Soviet Union. It says. Let me let me pull oh, it up here. Um. Christina Hammer, uh, she was born in Novodolinka, Kazakh Soviet Union, which is now Kazakhstan. So she was born in Kazakhstan. Oh, Jesus. But she she is a fighter. (laughs) We know Ryan's going to be a fan now. (laughs) And she's kind of hot, too, so I'm not going to lie. But um, anyway, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Um, hey, no, I, I've been terrified of her since, when, uh, since she was sitting in the last uh, Clarissa Shields when she fought Tori Nelson, and she was sitting there with Cyborg. And I went, well, that's a bad woman if Cyborg respects her. So ever yeah. since then, I've been terrified of her. But you know what, though? It's, it's a fight I want to see. I want to see these two fight because this is a big fight. It's it's going to be for four titles, which is awesome too. I'm I, I'm intrigued to see it, but I got to ask yeah. you. You know how a lot of these a lot of these things I'm I think are entertaining, but a lot of these things really bother me. What did you think of this post fight? I didn't even get to watch it because it cut off the recording cut off. Oh, uh, so do you know what happened in the post fight? No, I have no idea. Um, Steve Farhood goes, you know the question I'm going to ask you, Clarissa? And she goes, where is she? Tell her to get in the ring. And Christina Hammer gets in the ring, and she ra- you know, raises her arms in the corner, and she starts cursing at Hammer for getting in the ring with her, and, like, like chest bumps Christina Hammer. So Christina Hammer shoves her, like, get the hell away from me. Clarissa Shields throws a punch at Christina Hammer and almost punches Steve Farhood in the face and starts... <laughs> Yelling at at Christina Hammer like I'm a beat your ass I'm a beat your ass bitch I'm a beat your ass and Steve Farhood's trying to get out of the ring the corners are getting separated now Christina Hammer you could tell is pissed so now she's trying to charge in and I'm like come on there's there's no reason that this should be going on with the the fact that neither of you two finished your opponent, and Shields got knocked down in the first round. There's no reason anybody should be going at this level. I under, Now, I understand they're trying to build the fight. I get that. And you got to do that to try to make money. But 
you know, it's once a week, as we saw with Ward and Koval, and sometimes when, you, when you, you do bad business, when you do dumb things, and this was a dumb thing to me, that really felt Adrian Broner-ish to me by Clarissa Shields, and Christina Hammer should have just walked away instead of pushing her, which didn't help matters either, so I, I fault both of these women for this, and I understand once again that, you know, they're probably not used to this type of limelight and having this many eyes on them, but you think that's a little much that she threw a punch at Christina Hammer? Yeah, I think it might be a little much, but I I don't really care. I thought like I probably <laughs> would if I would have seen that, I probably would have started laughing. But but, they, but you know I, what? Those... I mean, in the in the in the name of sportsmanship and blah blah blah. Yeah, it, it was taking it too far, but it didn't. It wouldn't have bothered me that much. Honestly, would, I would like I said when I laughed at it and thought it was hilarious. And that's the problem. It it wasn't a hi- it I di- I I didn't get hyped for it. Yeah. I laughed at them. Like yeah, you you couldn't have said it any better. You would have sat there and just laughed at them and it wouldn't have bothered me. So there was there, there was no reason to do that because it didn't build it. If anything, you almost punched the guy on from Showtime. <laughs> You know, I was thinking, the, and then ironically, as this is going on, there's a Durrell in the ring. And I'm going, oh, man, Durrell's uncle's trying to find uh, Uz Kanagi somewhere right now. Like, in the middle of all this, there's a Durrell in the ring. I'm like, you got to be kidding. So it was, it was a sideshow at the end of it. I'm just, and I'm just thinking, look, Clarissa Shields is a great role model for what she's doing. And that's why I compared her to the Ronda Rousey. She's the one getting the getting the women kind of mainstream in this. And Christina Hammer is your, I know I said Holly Holm because she's quiet, but this is your bringing in your cyborg from out of the country to try to bring in a name to fight the, the American name. So, like, I get what they're doing, and it worked in the UFC, and it could work here. Yeah. Don't go about it this way because it looked really bad. Yeah, it- it, was, it, was like, it, it, would, it wouldn't have been good. I would, like I said, it wouldn't. It wouldn't yeah, have made, made me want to see the fight either way. But man, like if Nina <laughs> Shields knocked out Steve Farhood's nerdy ass. <laughs> so you know when you get a chance, just watch it. It was, it was like it was a little cringe, and I'm like, damn it, don't, don't, don't go that route. But <laughs> it is what it is. It's over and done with. I want to see the fight. I really want to see the fight. I think it'll be fun. I hope it happens this year. Do you do you put them on at the end of this year? Do you try to build it with one more fight for each of them with how easy they dismantle their opponents? I don't know, man. Because Shields did get knocked down. You know, it took her a minute to get going. God, that's a good question. They maybe could use one more fight to just get it hyped up more, maybe for some more casual fans to kind of see both of them fight. But with that, you run the risk of one of them losing. You know, which, which as as comparing them to the heavyweight tussle with Joshua and Wilder, we saw what almost happened with those two getting in together with guys that. You know, that's the epitome of somebody who's got nothing to lose. Luis Ortiz and Joseph Parker had nothing to lose. And that, yeah. that's a fight 
or you know, it's dangerous for a fighter when you're in there with a guy who's got nothing to lose. And you know, our our super fight almost completely crapped the bed there. You know, but I'll yeah. say this: as much as I think Shields has a, I think Shields has just as good of a chance to beat Hammer as Hammer does to beat her. Yeah, I don't know if Hammer needs it, but I think it might not be awful if Shields had one more fight. Just one more to go in there and try to figure out a good game. Fight somebody like Christina Hammer. I don't know if there is anyone like that. I don't. Maybe that'll be my mission, Elijah. Is I'm going to try to research this women's boxing and try to up my knowledge on it, like my Europeans and women's Japanese wrestling, and see if I can come up with a good comparison or a good person like her. But I just something about this fight just makes me feel like if if Hammer gets the advantage early that Shields might do something goofy and eat the wrong, the wrong punch at the wrong time. Like the leprechaun video. But (laughs) I, I think all in all, I hope Shields, whether they have one, two, three fights, whatever, I hope in the long run Shields comes out on top because it'll be good for the sport. It'll be good for boxing. It just, there's just something about Christina hammer that just makes me think, man, this, this girl's got a lot more than we've seen on the table. And I don't know if it's just because of her resume and longevity in the sport, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited for this fight. I haven't been excited for a woman's fight in I don't know how long. Ayla Ali ever fight Christy Martin? No, I don't think they did. That maybe to me would have... Because I, I feel like that would have been... The, or maybe, did she fight that Mia St. John? Maybe. Or I think Mia St. John beat Christy Martin. That's what I'm thinking of. And then, and then I think, I think maybe, maybe Layla Ali did fight. I'm looking it up now. I know, like. I, I know I wanted to see like an Ann Wolf Layla Ali fight, but that never happened. Yeah, I'm looking up. Oh no, okay, Layla yeah. became a fan and wanting to do it when she saw Christy Martin. It said. Yeah, and she beat Christy Martin, but she never fought Mia St. John. Maybe because I think Mia St. John maybe wouldn't fight her. I don't remember, but yeah, Christy lost to Mia St. John in her last fight in August 14th of 2012. Jeez. Oh. She she lost to Layla Lee. She got KO in the fourth. And then Christy Martin also lost to Holly Holm. That's funny. Yeah, that's right. Holly Holm used to box. Ten years before that, though, she did beat Mia St. John in 2012, or 2002. So I guess I mean is that probably the biggest name then Christy Martin going in there? Um, Christy Martin or Ann Wolf I would say. And we never we never got a fight with them two either. So this no. this is probably the biggest woman's fight. I mean if you want to count, you know Christy Martin fought Mia St John and Layla Ali back to back, and then Holly Holm one fight after that with what we know of her. I mean okay yeah. those could be. But this is probably the biggest fight for women's boxing ever if they fight each yeah. other. So, and I'm I, intrigued I by it. I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I'm I'm behind it. I think it'll be fun. I think it should sell tickets too. Um, Let's do this. 
They're going to unify. I wish they would let them go 12 instead of 10. Yeah. Well, I understand there's two minutes instead of three minutes, but let them go an extra two rounds. Do it. You know, if anything, UFC did it right. They didn't. They didn't change the time or the rounds on the women fights. They let them be the same thing. Yeah. You know, don't don't boxing. Um, we didn't really watch these fights, but Martin Murray gets a unanimous decision victory. Joseph Taylor gets a unanimous decision victory over Victor Postal. Miguel Burchill gets a knockout win. And Virgil Ortiz Jr. gets a knockout victory. Anything, you know, anything worth mentioning on any of these fights that you saw? I know I was way more intrigued by Martin, Mir- Martin Murray when he was going to fight Billy Joe. But yeah. that fight got happened twice. I didn't really have any interest to watch the Virgil Ortiz Friday Night Fight Show. And to be honest with you, I couldn't find the postal fight on any websites, and I forgot. I just plain up forgot about the virtual fight. That was just me screwing up. Yeah, I I couldn't find the I couldn't find that um, the postal fight and virtual and Murray. I just kind of skipped over on accident, like like you like you did, but. I was also pretty intrigued by the Murray fight before, you know, he decided or before mm. Saunders like kind of backed out a couple of times, but I don't know with this win for Murray, it kind of puts him in a, a good position because now he has one of the alphabet titles and he could get another shot at a big name now. So good. It's good for him. And he's so always he... a tough competitor. So, so what did what did he get? so he got the WBC silver middleweight title? Yeah, it's like it's like one of those like one of those alphabet belts that doesn't mean a lot but makes it you know attractive enough to for him to probably get a fight with a big name if they want another belt or something. That makes sense. Okay, and then Birchall obviously third round KO over Jonathan Victor Barrows uh, retains Which his title. Shocking. Yeah, uh, Ortiz. Uh, body shot to Salgado in the third to get his knockout. Um, yeah, I mean they weren't they weren't really anything that were over the top unexpected. And I think that might be one of the other reasons why I kind of just said whatever. I think watching it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I just didn't. Yeah, I was like, ah, well, we kind of know what's going to happen here. So so um so Rungby decides fighting in July. Yeah, he's he's fighting uh what's his young name? Young Gil Bay. Yeah, young Gil Bay. <laughs> <laughs> he's fighting over in uh in Thailand. 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 <laughs> you <Little> street fighter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't, I don't see much running into him. You, you know, I, I'm guessing he's fighting over there for the fact that they didn't set up another one of those Superfly shows, which kind of, yeah. kind of bums me out. Yeah, me too. I, I'm like, we need to get Sorung Visai some more fights over here. In other I news, stomping people. In other news, Jamie Mungaya is gonna gonna fight little Liam Smith on July twenty first. He's gonna kill oh, him. Oh god. He's gonna kill Beefy. 
said. He's fighting a guy whose nickname is Beefy. Yeah. He's gonna be uh, way he's gonna be way too big for Liam Smith. Do you suspect any way that Mungaya gets stopped? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I'm not even I'm not even one who thinks Mungaya is like the second coming but I think he's a lot better than Liam Smith. Yeah. So yeah, well, and if he looks as big like, with Liam Smith as he looked against uh, Saddam Ali, Ali, it's going to be a, a quick night. It could be a lean night. Because it was supposed to be uh, Smith and Ali before Mungaya stepped in to take. Yeah, he shut that door. Yeah. So, like, originally, Ali, the fight, Mungaya Ali fight was supposed to be Liam Smith Ali. Then Mugai took that fight, and now Smith is getting his shot at getting knocked out <laughs> well, by another golden not boy get, fighter. Since we're gonna knock these out, why don't we why don't we break real quick and then come back okay. and just kind of talk some news and rumors, preview this coming weekend's fights, and uh, call it an evening. What does that sound like? Sounds like a TKO. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> Your late night hip hop and R&B podcast Total Sound Radio Hosted by Kyle Halfpind Adams Every Thursday night right here on the Strong Style Media Network Catch up on your latest on hip hop and R&B And hear Minnesota talent At 10pm Central <laughs> But if you trust just the way I feel I won't fold from the cards that you feel Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile Can't take it back like diamonds See my life is like a movie, no rewinding Killing mics like I got a license Victim, I believe don't have religion Just a higher power, who power? I'm not so happy with it But I take a breath, regain my path Check my feet when I'm walking, see if it I seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sure to clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man, because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Peanut. Peanut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Okay, I can't. What are you I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... 
Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jistra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsleigh, boxing, pokers, pokers, Survivor, even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles in track and field. Alright, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Where was born? What up, kid? I know this is rough doing your bit. When the cops came, you should have slid to my crib. Oh, black, no time for looking back is done. Plus, congratulations, you know you got a son. I heard he looks like you. What don't your lady write you? Weird, those Nas foreshadowing or whatever. You, you, you are the Swami. <laughs> you can see the future. <laughs> do, 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 do. In the background, coming up thirty, twenty-seven, fail. I used to get so confused when he would when he would have like Vikings seventeen, Eagles thirteen, Eagles win or something. I'm like, wait, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Or he'd have it like the other way around, like seventeen, Eagles twenty. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. He's going so fast. Then the yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm ranting there. Uh, this weekend coming up, Gilberto Ramirez takes on Romer Alexis Angulo. <laughs> Romer. Romer. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. an OKC. God, Gilberto Ramirez is going to destroy this guy, isn't he? Probably. <laughs> like, I, was, I don't know. Um, uh, Alex Saucedo against Lenny Zapavigna is the semi-main. Uh, Robson uh, Conciaco versus Gavino Guaman. And Martin Angel Martinez taking on Mike Alvarado. Michael who? Mike Alvarado, <laughs> mile high. Mhm. It's gonna be a barn burner. Uh, the night before, Steve Bose in Laval, Quebec, takes on Jean Pascal. Jean Pascal, take the task, Bernard. Take the task. <laughs> That's what I was waiting take for. Take the task. Take the task. Uh, what else do we got? Did, you, did you actually? Did you actually find that video and watch it? Oh, no, I forgot. I, that'll be my mission this week too. Women's boxing and Jean Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Conlon's fighting a, uh, a Dielson dos Santos, another eight-round featherweight fight. But I don't know. Is Conlon doing kind of what you were hoping he would do, and just continuously fighting and staying staying busy? Yeah, I I, I like it because he's an exciting talented fighter and he's you know trying to make a name for himself I guess just keep staying active keep fighting I mean what else, what else can he do yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> listen to this listen to this I found it it's like when you when you put when you uh YouTube take the test it's like the first thing that pops up is take the test and it says John Pascal I didn't know. <laughs> like 
I didn't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know the video was going to turn into a song, but oh, that's funny. I'm going to try to get that mistake test and put it on our soundboard. <laughs> that's that's like right up there with uh, where did it go? This one. Take that for data. <laughs> Do you like? <laughs> Are you willing to take the test? Is is that is that better than this? Came a long way, haven't I? I went from getting snitched on to put a ring on. <laughs> I don't know. It's close. Those both are pretty epic. I went from getting snitched on to putting the ring on. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm laughing too. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, asking you, are you willing to take the test? Are you willing to take the test? He's so pissed. That's the best part. Uh, the fans. The fans. <laughs> Oscar De La Hoya said Canelo is not going to try to use his movement to escape. He is going to stand and punch with Triple G. What do you think about this? Canelo and movement in the same sentence? When did Canelo ever have movement, Oscar? (laughs) I think he's talking about his upper body defense, not footwork. (laughs) Well, I mean, sounds like Oscar just Selling the fight, I doubt that he's gonna sit there and go like go toe to toe with Golovkin. That would be probably in his worst interest to do that because <laughs> we kind of saw what what happened when when Triple G was able to like get some get some pressure on him and get some land some punches in on him. Canelo didn't look like he really responded too great to it or liked it very much. So <laughs> next, next Saturday, Slugfest. What is this show called? The Mohegan Sun, the Slugfest at the Sun. Return of Lightweight Sensation, Joe Smith Jr. versus Melvin Russell. Also, Callie Reese, who we just talked about Facing Sylvia Zabados. How come Callie Reese is booked against like some like some like substitute teacher? Practice is coming off a loss. To, do, you, do, you have your, do you have your cellular phone with you? Uh-huh. I'm gonna send you a picture of what this of this woman that she's fighting is. And I oops, I don't want to send you that. Let me delete that. I I just <laughs> this is this might be one of the like this is like Tyson Fury layup. Look at this woman she's fighting. I just sent you this picture. She looks like somebody's like mom. Like I bet you Sylvia Sabados makes really good PB and J. Wait till you see this picture. <laughs> you see this? Yeah. Like, why does it look like like the neighbor kid's mom? I don't know. Did you see? Did you see who Cyborg fought? 
before she fought uh, um, the, her second-to-last fight. Uh-uh. She fought some woman who looked like she didn't even train, and she didn't <laughs> she fight MMA. Was this before I, she fought that, that like, the that, Russian like, kickboxer? Chick? Yeah, the Russian yeah, yeah, you should have seen the woman before that. <laughs> they're, just trying to, it's just, they're, they're just trying to build Reese back up again. I mean, of course they're going to give her. She just lost to probably the best one of the best women's fighters in the world. I could see, I could see, I could see why they're putting her in with yeah, but the, the soccer mom, Zabito is the soccer mom. She lost to Christina Hammer in like 2016. Like, it wasn't even like she's had fights since then. Like, what? They don't need to give her the lunch lady. Wow. <laughs> Man, could you imagine putting that on a poster? Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, that's is, not a semi event. Oh. Well, we're is selling Joe out Jr. the dude that knocked out Bernard, knocked Bernard Hopkins out of the ring? Who? Joe Smith Jr. Yeah, I think so. He was that guy that like a lot of people thought was going to be like a big up and comer. The construction worker who punches hard, who knocked Bernard Bernard Hopkins out of the ring and sent Bernard Hopkins into retirement. <laughs> he hangs out probably with uh, was that guy's what's that guy's name the um the Hebrew dude, Cletus Zeldin. <laughs> Cletus Zeldin. <laughs> Um, Mikey Garcia says that he wants to take on IBF welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr. in December. Three division oh, world man. champion Garcia. The main reason he wants to fight the twenty year old Spence is because people don't believe he'll do it. Wow. Uh, it says Mikey has ha- Mikey has talent enough talent to compete against some of the welterweights. Probably not against guy a guy like Spence. He's too big and too strong for Mikey. The type of guys that Mikey could possibly do well against are French contenders, Devin Alexander, Jordanus Ugas, Amir Khan, Rashidi Ellis, and Carlos Adamez. Uh Putting together a fight between Garcia and Spence will be a simple thing to do, as both guys are with Al Heyman. This isn't a fight between Mikey and one of the top-ranked guys. If Mikey truly wants to fight Spence, then it's a fight that can get made. Spence says he's interested in fighting Mikey. What do you think about this? Ah, man. It's intriguing, but I just... I don't know if Mike Garcia is big enough to move up to fight Spence. But, I mean, it's Mikey Garcia, so it's like... And it's Errol Spence, so it's two, two big names... And two very like great fighters, so I think if I think they could build that fight up properly and get a lot of people to watch it. Is this a factor of Mikey Garcia wanting too much too quick with all these jumps that he's doing? I think it's more just him just wanting to challenge himself, I guess, and fight the best, and you know, for people to. Look at him and say, "Man, he fights everybody, and he wins most of the time." So, and I respect that too because it's too often we complain about guys not fighting people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of fighting people, this September it looks like David Benavidez is going to defend against Anthony Durrell next. What do you think? 
Oh man. I think Ben <laughs> I think Benavides wins pretty easily. I'm, and I'm I, I think you. I think I think Ant, is Ant, which which Darrell is the brother that just was thinking that he might retire after this after his, after his next fight. Okay. Yeah, it's could be an intriguing fight, but I just think Benavidez is, is too young and too much for Darrell at this point in his career. Um, <laughs> what do we got here? August 4th, Fox is looking to put on a live syndicated broadcasted boxing show again. And they're going to be putting on a grudge match is about the easiest way to do it. Do you know what this grudge match is we may see? Um, let's see here. Fox. Um, grudge match. Fox. Um, Victor Ortiz versus Brandon Rios. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Are you excited for a Victor Ortiz Brandon Rios match on a Fox PBC show? Uh, you know what? That actually might be kind of a fun fight just because even though he lost, Brandon Rios looked better than he has looked in a long time against Danny Garcia. So I think it, it could be, I think Rios could turn it into an entertaining fight. I mean, Ortiz, even though he kind of falters in fights and is kind of known to like give up. Mm-hmm. Before he like before he gives up, he's usually, you know, like in in like a firefight. So uh, I think it actually could probably be a pretty good fight. The Devin Alexander Victor Ortiz fight was pretty decently entertaining, even though Alexander got robbed of a for sure win. But but I I'd, uh, I would watch it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where. They're both past being competitive against others, but against each other, it kind of makes them even, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, uh, Jared Hurd looks like he had rotator cuff surgery. He'll be out for a while. Do they use this to maybe build rap. with something? He's a SoundCloud rap career. <laughs> He's going to go work on his... <laughs> Yeah, skeet, skeet, skirt, skirt. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, Billy Joe to fight in September. Does he pull out? He hurts his hand again. <laughs> uh, Roberto Ramirez is going to take on Dejan Zilatitsin in June 21st. Should be a good fight. That'll be entertaining. Also, Oscar is this the first Oscar fight? Bo- is this a... Is this, uh, uh, Blah 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 blah. Is that his? Yeah, is that his? Is that his uh, last fight, or is that his first fight since Mikey Garcia? Yes. Oh man, that was that was a brutal knockout. No Garcia, or wait, yeah, I was thinking of Lipinier with Garcia. Yeah. Um, he that knocked out. Yeah, when he like sidestepped him and like hit him like sideways. 
the picture's actually him cringing with uh, Garcia's glove going off of his face in the picture. Great promotional picture for the fight on this website. <laughs> did you did you read this? Did you read this uh, funny line uh, from this funny little paragraph from Dan Raphael about your favorite boxer AB? Oh no! As usual. The former four-division titleist Adrian Broner is crying out for attention on social media. This time, claiming he's done boxing, which we all not know, which we all know is not true, since he'll always need he always needs money, especially for bail. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> and he can oh still God. make a lot, and he can and he can still make a lot in a fight, even though he doesn't win against top opponents. Nonetheless, <laughs> AB was at it again Thursday writing. I'm done boxing all you MFers. All you MFers do is try to take advantage of me. Oh and then Dan Rayfield says, if anyone thinks this retirement is real, you're fooling yourself. He'll be back, <laughs> possibly for a re- rematch with Jesse Vargas. That is in negotiations, according to Vargas. I can't stand Adrian Broner. Hey, this dude one time did a, did a promo after a fight and said, I need to fix myself. I, I'm realizing that I'm not. I'm hurting myself more than helping myself. I I'm, I need to be all about business and not about billions. Adrian Bronner and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the drawing board and really make this career career happen. And I went all right. Like I watched it with Demetrius actually, and I was like, dude, maybe he's finally changed the corner and grown up. No, 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 no. I want to put him and Adonis Stevenson and just put him in a in a raft and just kick him out in the ocean. <laughs> Jeez. And just see where they end up. Hopefully they end up somewhere where there's no boxing. It's like a message in oh, a bottle. Tyson Fury is attacking uh, Deontay Wilder now. <laughs> Deontay so Wilder Tyson would put is. his fat ass in a coma. Tyson Fury has launched an attack on Deontay Wilder, labeling the American boxer a chinless bum and claiming he will end Wilder's unbeaten run. (laughs) He needs some milk! Oh my god. Fury's gonna start following Fury's gonna start following guys around like uh, like what Shannon Briggs was following Klitschko around. You know, here's the thing is with hey, with all the Shannon. Wilder, with the with the Wilder and Joshua like headway that they have going on. I could see Joshua even reading this and laughing, going, "What is he talking about? Like <laughs> this guy's giving our country a bad name." <laughs> oh my God! There's you know here's the problem is the guys in boxing that I don't like. I really don't like. Like, there's guys where I'm just like, ah, eh, you know, whatever. Billy Joe Saunders. I'm just like, whatever. He's not worth my time. I gave him props with what he did to what he did to David Lemieux, but other than that, he just makes excuses and doesn't fight, whatever. Be gone. But some of these guys like Fury and Chavez Jr. and Bronner and Stevenson, I'm just like, to hell with them. They're just a waste of time. And and it, it's it's I say that, too, because... It's not even like they're pulling a Charlo like I've used before and they're beating people's asses on the way out. You know, they're getting controversial decisions and then complaining. Like, 
There's no reason these dudes should be running. I mean, look look at Chavez Jr. Thank God we don't hear about him anymore after, you know, that's part of the reason I became a bigger Canelo guy is because he beat the hell out of Chavez Jr. I appreciate <laughs> him doing that. You know, after he quit on the stool against Von Farr in front of his dad, I, I wish it would have been like one of those like mob movies, like, I disown you. Papa! <laughs> Papa! No. He, like, backhands him. Uh, <laughs> like, that's what I wish would have happened. It, I'm just like, and, and I'll tell you flat out, half of these guys, I wouldn't care if they lost, if they just didn't run their mouth. But if you're going to run your mouth, either be freaking entertaining or win. It's that simple. You know, the the, the Mayweather McGregor fight. Floyd at least entertains or Floyd at least can back it all up and Connor at least entertains me with some of his shenanigans in that press conference. But I knew he wasn't going to win. But at least I was entertained. Yeah. And I knew Floyd was just talking about his money and showing paychecks but he wins. So, like, I can't fault him. So, they, that was perfect. Whatever. One guy entertained me. One guy just bothered me. But I knew he was going to whoop his ass, so I couldn't hurt him. I couldn't say anything. Adonis Stevenson's wearing a freaking crown in the ring after he gets his ass kicked by Badu Jack. This is not a draw. I win. The f- I want Kovalev. No, you don't. Stop saying you want Kovalev. You, you're supposed to like Kovalev six years ago, five years ago. How long were you supposed to fight Alita Alvarez? Oh, I don't know. Long enough that he's just going to go fight Kovalev because you won't fight either of them. Get out of there. You're a bum. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And then Bronner, Jesse Vargas. Well, you know, it was a good fight. Oh, we thought you won. Well, let's not talk that. Man, he didn't beat nothing. He didn't, you know, it's like, shut up. What do you, what do you, you have no grounds to be speaking on. What so I want to watch Sean Porter punch you in the face again. God, now I'm all mad. Why did you why did you have to bring up Brother? I'm sorry, oh. man. It's okay. It's okay. You do not want to make an enemy out of me. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> Did you see uh, six days ago, Raphael wrote, for various reasons, light heavyweight champion Adonis Stevenson hasn't made a mandatory defense for four and a half years, but that's about to <laughs> change. WC, uh, WBC president Mauricio Suleiman told ESPN that Stevenson has been ordered to face interim Tylus and mandatory challenger uh, Alexander Vodzik next. The person who is stated for July... Second, if sides don't make a deal and it goes to purse bid, Stevenson is entitled to 65% of the winning bid, and Vodzik is 35%. Carl Moretti, top ring Vodzik's promoter, said he has exchanged emails with Stevenson's promoter, um, Yvonne, Michelle, to begin conversations about making the fight. We'd like the fight to happen sooner rather than later, Murray said. Whatever happens at the purse bid, if we don't make a deal, we'll dictate when and when the fight happens. Stevenson, 40 of Montreal, has made nine defenses. Most recently, a hard-fought draw of former Tyler's bottom jack. Blah, 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 blah. So that would be interesting. That would be interesting if Stevenson was forced to fight uh, Votzik, and he did. I, I'll tell you flat out, I think Votzik gives him problems. Oh, me too. Definitely. That dude is a... 
those if there's one thing you can you can like like if you were to say hamburger and bun those two things go together right yeah uh, if you european eastern europeans and 175 those things go together correctly for some reason yeah. 175 is just a a a cesspool of amazing eastern european talents Kovalev, Bivol, Better Biev, Vodzik. Um, even you know, even guys like Chalemba, who I, I think he isn't he from like Spain, if I remember right? Or Al Alvarez Alvarez from Spain, maybe. I don't I thought one of those guys is over from like Spain or something, but they give problems to fighters. That's the reason I prop Andre Ward so hard is because he went to that division and fought the guy. Yeah. Got the victory in a, in a you know, I don't mean controversial, bad, but it could have went either way. And then stopped him in the second. That's a bad dude. Adonis yeah. Stevenson, why don't you follow suit and try to be a bad dude? Instead of ducking people four and a half years, and he's still the champion. Give me a break. How is this possible? How is this guy allowed to hoard that title for four and a half years without facing a mandatory? And I'll tell you what, I didn't bring this up earlier, but I'll, I'll do it now. I read somewhere that they're already trying to talk negotiations because he wants to fight Badu Jack again so bad that they're already trying to put together a purse deal to peg Vodzik to step aside just like Alvarez did. Jeez. It's ridiculous. It is Utterly ridiculous. I don't I don't understand how this is allowed to keep happening. I don't know, you either, know man. It's just it's but, insane. I don't know if you remember back in the day when I wrote that piece about the boxing commissions being the thing that's ruining boxing. One of the things that I mentioned in that article was Mauricio Suleiman and what he does with the big green title. Oh, he's a joke. This is proof. It's, you know, the WBC, you know, he, he hasn't had a mandatory since like 2013 against Tony Ballou. Yeah, it's... That's, uh... Adonis Stevenson for you. Maybe if he was fighting at a different weight class, he wouldn't. Uh, if he you was know, fighting at a different weight class, maybe it would be different, like more popular weight class. It, you know, and it shows you how inept that Suleiman is in monitoring what's going on with Stevenson. You know, look look at what the WC, WBC has done with uh, with Lu, uh, Luis Neri, the bantamweight champion. They suspended him for coming in overweight against uh, Yamanaka back in February. They acted quickly on Neri's situation, like immediately. Yet you said four and a half years. Luis Neri, and, and to be fair, bantamweight, Shinsuke Yamanaka is a giant name in Japan. But that's not a big name worldwide. They're sure as hell quick to jump on Luis Neri on that one. Why don't you do yeah. anything on Stevenson? I mean, come on. I don't know, man. You sound like you're getting pretty upset. You got your blood pressure meds? I, I might. Uh, let, me, let me look here. Okay. I gotta find something. <sighs> let me take a let me take a drink here. Alright. I think I saved myself so I don't have a heart attack on air. 
I don't even know what I grabbed to shake to make it sound like that. What is this? Oh, 3.5 millimeter headphone splitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's just, it's so dumb. You know, in, in the worst part is, you know, you look back that same year, which was his last mandatory in 2013 against Tony Blue, look what he did. He got a first-round knock over your guy, Chad Dawson, to take the title. That's, that's to me, wow, this dude's here to make a, bit, make a statement. Yeah. Then he fought Tony Blue, and he's never fought a mandatory since. The fight after Chad Dawson is the last time he's accepted a mandatory challenge. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, in you know, right here, I, I I just found that thing I was looking at. It says the WBC uh, might need to push the issue in case Stevenson chooses to drag his feet in making the defense against Vodzik. If history is any guide, Stevenson will look to offer Vodzik a step aside fee so he can delay his mandatory yet again. Oh, he's, he's trash. He's trash. Where's the damn button? Where's the... There it is. Come on. Try it! Try it! Try it! Try it! Try it! Trash! Trash! It's so frustrating, man. I don't know. Oscar Valdez says he wants to fight in December if the doctor is clear from having his jaw shattered away by Scott Quigg. Uh, it sounds like Carl Frampton is breathing down his neck, but Bob Aram wants to try to get Valdez at least one or two fights before Frampton to make sure he can take punches. Um, probably a good sign because yeah. Frampton's a badass. Yeah, I, I, I don't fault those guys for trying to get a couple <laughs> fights in under their belt. Before Frampton, if your fighter's coming off a broken jaw, yeah, I mean we, you know, if, if Frampton comes in any like he did against Santa Cruz, that could be dangerous for Valdez. Yeah, or I mean, he beat up on you know Donaire too. <laughs> yeah, poor Donaire. God, that dude was good. He was so good. Who was it that basically ruined or no? He was the one who basically killed uh, Nassim Ahmed. Is what I was thinking. No, that was um, that was uh, uh, Marco Antonio Barrera. Yeah, Barrera. Barrera, the one that basically like Donaire was running through everyone, and then he got stopped, and he's never been the same. Wasn't somebody with that? Uh, Rigandiao. Okay, that's what I was thinking. And then, and then, then after Rigandiao, he fought Walters, and Walters like whooped his ass. <laughs> I'd still say, even though we saw what Lomachenko did to him. Uh, Nicholas Walters coming into the ring with a huge battle axe like Lord of the Rings is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Man, when what he is has, Nicholas like, a... Walters going to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, when he's got this wooden wagon wheel axe-looking thing coming in the ring, I I would totally be the, the uh, old man from Friday and give him the no and leave. <laughs> when is he going to fight again, man? I don't know. You know, I I will say is, is I I would love to see him fight. He's a he's a fun fighter. I wonder if um that Lomachenko fight made him question if he wanted to keep going. I don't know. The I just did a search on him and it says 
He was supposed to fight Arturo Santos in 2017. Mm. It was actually on the undercard of the Crawford and Dongo fight he was supposed to fight. But um, it said he called Moretti on Tuesday morning just before he was supposed to fly to Nebraska. He had a 101-degree temperature and was sick all weekend. And he couldn't fight. He ain't Jordan, baby. He ain't what? He ain't Jordan, baby. (laughs) Man, that wasn't the flu. That was the hangover. That should be called the hangover game. (laughs) That's so tight. Man, that's that's tight. Jordan had the hangover. What was he all with? Too late with John Paxson? Yeah, him and John Paxson and... And Bill Weddington. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, Michael Jordan kicked it with Judd Bushler because I bet you Judd Bushler never played because he was always hungover. <laughs> that's why. That's why Judd Bushler's a really good. Or that's why he's a he's an assistant now in L.A. and probably making a job soon because he's a, he's a great coach. He just Jordan would always be like, "Hey, Judd, come over here. Like, take these shots and prove them you could do it. Come on, Mike, I want to play tomorrow. Just do it." You're going to get a ring anyway. All right, fine. Judd, 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 Judd. Then he's taking these shots. <laughs> well, it looks like I did did some more digging, and I found an article by the Jamaican Star that says Nicholas Walter is back in training for upcoming fight, and it says that he's got a fight lined up for August against the dreaded TBD or TBD to be determined. So. I tell you what, I want to know who's the promoter that that was able to lock up TBD, TVA, and vacant, because those are three of the toughest fighters in the world. Yeah, they are. They're able to make like twelve different weight classes. <laughs> People are probably like, "What the hell are they talking about?" They're just going on and on and on now. Stay in your lane. <laughs> I never lost. <laughs> the guy Mike Alvarado is fighting Martin Angel Martinez is 18 and 14, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alvarado's going to Alvar- lose. I'm calling it here. <laughs> uh, um, also, uh, Kubrat Pulev's taking on Jarrell Big Baby Miller. Looks like that could be kind of fun. I would like that fight. Um, that's all I got. Anything else you got tonight? Should we send them off packing? It's midnight. Almost. Man, it's about when we done anyway. I'm starting to feel like I got hit by that. The <laughs> Sandman hit Hard me with, with the right hand that what's his face got hit with right the other out. night. <laughs> yeah. Man. Guys, it's been a plot. We will. Uh, Cue the background music. Guys, as always, we'll be back next Sunday. Some more boxing. Uh, tomorrow, WrestleCast Radio. Back at our normal 6 p.m. standard time. Uh, hopefully, we don't go too crazy long. It might be a few minutes later. I don't know if I'm going to talk to Alex about it. See you, R. Kelly. Uh, it's fun. Tuesday, we're talking. Uh, I believe we got Kansas City Chiefs Denver Broncos. Uh, Wednesday, pop cultures. Thursday, we got some sound. But Saturday night, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
going to midnight. We'll cover the hour before and the hour into for the agency. We're going to have a whole ton of guests on. It's going to be a great show. Last year, a couple of years ago, when we did this, you guys got to see my nose. So,